All right, three, two, one. On tonight's show, we still got March Madness, Thomas. It's still March. It's still madness. Yeah, one team stands alone yep. out of the Sun Belt. I can't, I can't wait to tell you who it is. Yep. And we've got baseball and softball. We've got some teams that are starting to break away from the pack. Define a way. We will talk about that in the show. Okay, sounds good. And we're talking the AAF. We had a couple players make their starting debuts, I guess, is how the- you want to. Well, it's kind of redundant, but they made their debut. But bad news for the AAF. It might be coming to an end. Well, all of us are coming to an end, Colin, but... Well, it might be done before we're done with this podcast. Let's kill the AAF. Roll it. Shut up and sit down. Welcome in to another exciting episode of the Bench Boys Podcast. I'm Thomas Clayton. And I am Colin Cahill. And we're nearing episode 50. Oh, we are. I don't know where we're at now, but we're near 50. I know we're in the 40s. Late 40s, too. Ooh, late 40s. Anyway. Getting closer to the hill. We are. Right? We are. Yeah. We'll have to retire soon. Yeah. Once we get 100, that's it. Mm-hmm. We're kicking it. Yeah. Well, average is 76, so. Well. We're halfway there. Well, uh, we got a pretty exciting show tonight. Uh, last week's show was great. Uh, quick update, South Alabama. Unfortunately, their season came to end. They did win their first game, which was good. Yep, and it, it pushed them right there to yep. the 25-win season. And yep. didn't we talk about that with yeah. Terry Fowler last week? We did. We he did. was like, we're on the edge of something special, and they definitely hit it. I'd say that was a pretty special uh, special year for them. Um Fortunately, they were knocked out by the Wyoming Cowboys. Girls. Are they really called the Cowboys? They're really called the Cowgirls. We're positive. The women's team is called the Wyoming Cowgirls. We're positive. I wrote the story for a local television station. Well, y'all, you heard it here first. They're called the Wyoming Cowgirls. Did not know that. I I wasn't trying to... I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, you don't know what you're doing, no, do you, I'm Colin? Not, I never, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, their season came to the end. Troy's season came to the end. Uh, that was a, Did you watch that game at all? <sighs> yeah, it was a heck of a game. It was a heck of a game, but it was kind of a microcosm of Troy the entire Absolutely. year of just I not agree. putting game, not putting teams away. They had a six point lead. With what two fifty left to go in the game? Yeah, ended up losing by like eight. Yeah, <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> they gave they gave up. They just, I mean, they points just after points. the gas. They just run out of it uh, in games, and uh, yeah, that was a tough one to swallow, especially against UAB. Um, tough pill to swallow, uh, losing obviously to a it, you know in state foe. And uh, but I mean, twenty one season, I think twenty three wins total. It's like third, fourth most ever. And, uh, Shonda's and, still on that uh, game. Yeah, I mean, there's average. Yeah, I'm, we we act like oh, it's no biggie. It's 21 season. It's 21 season. I mean, that's that's good for any program, I think. And um, so their season came to an end. UTA season came to an end. The the team that ended up, uh, or no, was it Little Rock that that won the Little Rock? Little Rock won, won the conference. Lost to uh, Gonzaga. I want to say in the first round. Little Rock, South, Troy, UTA. Coastal s- season came to an end. 
Yes. Just now, right? Uh, no, that that was the men's side. Okay, just kidding. Um, uh, App State. App State. We're just gonna bury it. App State's the only team left. Okay. Let's just say that. Uh, um, they actually have their next game, which is the women's basketball invitational tournament. The semifinal game is this Saturday. They take on Campbell, but I think you know the the more interesting game is on the other side of the racket. Yeah, which is between North Texas and North Alabama. Which mm. pretty sure it's North Alabama's first ever year as a Division One full Division One team. We talked about that last week as well. So and they're twenty one and eight taking on North Texas, who is seventeen and fifteen. Uh, so yeah, regardless of who wins that game, I think that's interesting. Yeah, for us because, because North, North Texas is a former Sun Belt school. North Alabama is in state and a brand new Division One. Mm-hmm. And then you got the Carolinas on the other side. It's like a battle for the best barbecue. Is it what is. it is. Yeah, and it's it's in it's going to be in Boone. Yep, they get to host that game. Yep. Uh, so that will be very interesting. They take on the Campbell Fighting Camels. Yep, a team that we're going to be very familiar with here in the next couple of months when it comes to football. Uh, but no, App State twenty and fourteen. They really. They caught something, you know, when they needed to. Um, I'm looking at their in-season stuff, and, I mean, they got whooped by Troy and UALR, which were two of the better teams next to U- U- uh, UTA. Um, I mean, they lost to UTA by seven points as well. Uh, they go and they go into the WVI and get wins over, uh, um, excuse me, uh, Marshall and they get wins over uh, UNC, uh, I want to say Asheville, I want to say. My computer is taking a while. Yes, UNC Asheville, they won 57-55, and they got a win over Marshall, 83-71. to And now they take on Campbell in the semifinals. So that is the lone Sun Belt team left on both men's and women's side of the brackets. Uh, Georgia State's season came to an end on first in the first round two of the big dance. They unfortunately had to play probably one of the better group of five teams uh, in the country, and that which was Houston, and Houston took it to him. One of the hard. two remaining Group of Five teams yeah. between Houston and Gonzaga. Gonzaga almost doesn't count, yeah, but they do count. Yeah, it's just because so, Gonzaga is just such a perennial power. But I mean, they're they're very smaller school, I guess. So um, I'm gonna take this moment real quick to jackknife and steal the show for a second to remind people about our challenge. Please do oh, na- yeah. change the name of your bracket to the s- group of five school you think will be going the farthest. Do it now, please. Do we Don't. do we have a do we have a live update of of the the scoreboard of who's who's in the lead of that right now? Is there? I mean, I could pull it up while while we're talking while you're trying to find that. We talked about a little about Georgia State. I will say that Georgia State has some news. They do over the weekend. The whole conference has some news. The whole conference has some news, but Georgia State in particular. Uh, has has some news. But before we get to that, real quick, yes. Um, ESPN fan zero five five nine one two three three eight zero. That would be Shane Hudson. That's Shane Hudson. Yes, with the uh, he picked Auburn to win the whole thing. He did, and his yep. his group of five team is Murray State. They were knocked out in the uh, what's it called? So, but he's leading in the points challenge. So, yep. Um, if nobody, if if Houston beats Gonzaga, then it's open game because... Mm-hmm. Nobody has Houston. Nobody has Houston. Yep. But we have two people with Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. One is um, Ben. Ben 
uh, I can't remember his last name. It starts with a W. It's escaping me at the t- at the time. All I know is that his username is Benicles. Ben Whitehead. But is it Whitehead? You talking about Ben on sports? Ben? I am. Yes, I'm confusing yeah. him with Ben Woodruff, who's another person altogether. No, Ben Whitehead. They're both on Reddit. They both are. So yeah. I apologize, Ben. Ben, tweet him. Do it as you hear this. Nasty. Get those fingers tweeting. I want to see something as soon as you hear this. Like a gif or something. Yeah. So, he has Gonzaga as the name, and then Andrew JDL3 has Gonzaga as the team to win it all. But, Andrew, please change the name of your bracket to Gonzaga so that this reflects more accurately. Yep. Uh, which one's you? Uh, uh, well, Murray, I had Murray State. And, oh, okay, uh, you're the one who has Memphis win or Michigan winning. Yes, it's okay. I'm right there above you yes. with Buffalo and Duke. Oh, Buffalo. We're not doing too well. <laughs> oh, Buffalo. <laughs> my Final Four is doing fine. I will say that. Like my Elite Eight, Final Four, pretty strong. Sweet Sixteen, I took a hit. Uh, my my national championship is only got one team left. So. Yeah, you had uh, Villanova going deep, didn't you? I had uh, them coming in second. Uh, sorry, buddy. But speaking of Buffalo. Oh, okay, yeah. We're going to talk about some coaching changes, and I'm going to use that as a platform to jump onto the fact that Nathaniel H. Oates, is that his name? Nate Oates. Nathaniel J. Oates yep. is now the coach at Alabama. Alabama. Picked him up. Good pickup. Yeah, it's a it's a good move for them. I think Avery Johnson was a name thing. I think this guy's going to build a better program. I agree, uh, but I hate Alabama, so let's move on. Yep, that's all we need to talk about. Uh, other coaching news. Uh, Georgia State, they lose the game on Friday or Saturday. And pretty much by Sunday, it has pretty much the word gotten out that uh, Ron Hunter. No longer uh, with no the longer. Panthers program. And it's not like they fired him. Ron Hunter ha- came out with a statement and said, I wanted to stay. Georgia State wasn't willing to put up any money because really they can't. And you want to know what conference can put up money now? The AAC. The American. And that's where he ended up. Ron Hunter. Goes to Tulane, which it isn't the you know this isn't the the first time that a uh, Tulane has stolen a Georgia coach. I guess. Are you right? You're right. Willie Georgia Fritz. Southern, Willie, Willie Fritz. Fritz. Yep. Very and good. Now they snatch Georgia State's coach, Ron Hunter, and uh, I think that's a good win for them. Ron, I really like Ron Hunter. Obviously, he's a good coach. Back to back Sun Belt championships. Uh, the guys had NCAA tournament wins. Uh, he's. He's, that's a good that's a good snag. Bad for Georgia State, good for Tulane. So now there are two coaching vacancies in the conference, App State and Georgia State. Let's get to There was three, wasn't there? There were three mm-hmm. as of a couple days ago, but let's get to that real quick. If you had told me two years ago that the best coach in the conference would be at Troy and that the second best conference the best second best coach in the conference would move to Tulane, you would have thought oh well maybe phil cunningham got it all together and scott cross was at tulane Mm -hmm. that is not the case Mm -mm. a year ago on march 26 2018 texas arlington split ways with scott cross puzzling and a year to the day later the troy university trojans signed him as their head coach i think this is a you know Obviously, time will tell. But, right. but I have been very skeptic of Jeremy McLean and okay. a pretty big skeptic of him. You've been pretty vocal about your skepticism. On these are these are the this is when he needs to step up. 
And I think he's done a very, very good job. Absolutely. With his hires. He's shown Scott Cross has no ties to Troy. I mean, he's he's gotten out of the box. Uh, he has obviously the Sun Belt ties, but this like he you could tell he went out and got this man. Right. And I mean the same can be said with Chip Lindsay. Even Chip even Lindsay, though, I mean, he had a year here. And he but, had a year at Southern Miss, which is a tie to Jeremy, but let's look at Scott Cross real quick. Yeah. The man played three years at Texas went went three years at UTA. Really? He was only there for three years? Was there for no, a no, 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 no. Oh, okay. As a player. Oh, okay. From 95 played. to 98, okay, gotcha, gotcha. he played at Texas Arlington. Mm-hmm. Then he graduated, became an assistant. From 1998 to 2006, he was an assistant at UTA. And then from 2006, he became the head coach at his alma mater. Had not left his alma mater, had not been anywhere other than his alma mater for 11 years. Proceeded to coach for 12 years at his alma mater. Wow. We haven't even gotten into his records yet. No. This man is a Texas Arlington product. Mm -hmm. This man led Texas Arlington to great success. Mm -hmm. And a year to the day after, for whatever reason, that boneheaded administration made a boneheaded move, he got picked up somewhere else and will be definitely appreciated. Want to know why? Let's get into the numbers. Yeah, well, he was at TCU for this past year. That's correct? true. That's true. And they're in the NIT and right now. Right now, they're in the top NIT. top seed yeah. and probably could win it all. They probably could. I'll, I'll let you know. I think they either play tonight or tomorrow. They play tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, right. They played last night. They played no, tomorrow night. One. They literally played the same night as the announcement that he's going to Troy. Wow. Oh, yeah, because there was a bunch of coaches around uh, around the country that were commenting exactly. on that stuff. And, and, uh, but, yeah, get into his record here. So, overall record, 20, 225 and 161 across 12 seasons. Let me double check. Yes, 12 seasons. You know what that comes out to? 18.75 wins per season. That's 19 wins a season. At one school across 12 years. Did Troy have more than 19 wins in multiple seasons at all? Under Don Maestri, maybe. Under, But not since the 90s. He has had, let's see, one, two, three losing seasons. The first year he was there, 2010, which the following year he went to the NIT and won the conference. Mm-hmm. And then his first year in the Sun Belt. Because Texas Arlington moved up to mm-hmm. the Sun Belt. Yeah. Mike South. Three losing seasons. They all had at least 13 wins. In those losing seasons. Oh, yeah. The year that Troy won the conference tournament, mm-hmm. Texas Arlington went 27-9. and nine. It was the program's best year. They went to the NIT quarterfinals, and they won the regular season. They got he upset was, in the tournament by I want to say Texas State, and that's who ended up. That's who Troy ended up playing uh, for. I, I believe the Sun Belt Conference Championship, or maybe like the next round. Uh, and they were beaten by Cal State Bakersfield. I'm talking about in the Sun, in the Sun Belt tournament. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, yes, in the Sun yes. Belt tournament. Yeah, because uh, it was an upset. It was a huge upset. Yeah, that was a, that cleared the way. It, basically, when UTA got knocked out, that was like okay, it's anybody's game, right? It's yeah, anybody's absolutely. tournament, right? Absolutely, now. and I so. remember, I remember. Walking along in the mall of Mobile with Melissa, hearing that and thinking, oh, stuff could happen. Uh-huh. And it did. Little did we know. But he was Sunbelt Coach of the Year in 2017. He got fired the A same- year after 
Wow. The year after that year, they went twenty-one and three, mm-hmm. finished fourth in the conference. Wait, twenty-one and three. Twenty-one and thirteen. Sorry, okay. sorry. Finished fourth in the conference, and they kicked him out. Two years removed from being coach of the year, and they had a twenty twenty-win season between those two seasons, and they kicked him out. I am I am like mystified. You. I have no words for this. This man led your conf- like he is the reason that Texas Arlington is the school it is right now. Yeah. I can say that legitimately mm-hmm. because yes, Scott Ogden was the coach of the year last year. But how many freshmen did Scott Ogden start? That's a great question. I don't know the answer. The point is all of his upper class players, all of them except for the freshmen, mm-hmm. are all Scott Cross products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's baffling. It it really is. Ba- like, that guy, like, if Phil Cunningham had those numbers, like, Phil Cunningham probably would have had a 10-year deal here at Troy. He would st- yeah, he would still be here. If you have three 21 seasons at Troy, you're pretty much set for the next 10 years. That's why Shonda's set for the next 10 years. <laughs> Hopefully she stays for the next 10 years. Uh, like. That, that's we're all that's baffled. Just baffled, man. And, and that is, I I think it's changed the landscape of the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at, I just disappeared. I think it's gonna be. Uh, I think it's a really good hire for Troy. I uh, I agree. It's very close to a slam dunk. Uh, the only hesitation that I have is this guy hasn't ever been out of the state of Texas when it comes to recruiting. And that's a bad thing. Why? It's not a bad thing, but. You need you got to have some sort of local footprint. ties here. Yeah, okay, some sort of footprint. Fair, it's just like football. I mean, um, so you know, I that and and I'm not even counting that as a knock. That's just that's just one of the things that a lot of people will say. Hey, where's your footprint here? How are you going to keep some in-state kids? Because mm-hmm. you got to keep some in-state kids. You're right. In Alabama, they are getting better with their basketball, high school basketball. I will say that they aren't nearly where they are at football right now, but there's some decent. I mean, Trenton Watford. Five star player out of Alabama, I mean that's it's pretty solid. Um, and, and there's there's some good talent. So, um, so we'll see what happens. Big hire though. Next year will be definitely interesting, and we'll stay on top of it. Yeah. Um, the last thing that we have uh, for basketball before we well, hop off of it, I was gonna have some fun because I've got the list of current head coaches and what year they started coaching. Oh, okay. Who is the – what team do you think has the longest, longest tenured? tenured coach? Hmm. This is a fun one. Arkansas State. Uh, no. Am I close? Uh, no. <laughs> Mike Bellotto was hired in 2017. Uh, oh. No. Uh, I'm trying to think of continuity in this league. That's a good way to go about it. That's a really good way to go about it. Texas State. No. 2013. 13. Danny Caspar. Little Rock. Nope. He was hired. Daryl Walker was hired last year. Jesus. Uh, this is sort of getting to my point if you keep naming teams, but. Story Southern? Nope. Oh. If you want to give up, that's fine too. Who is it? Cliff Ellis with Coastal Carolina. No. Has been there since 2007. Wow. The next longest tenured coach. The two Louisiana schools with 2010. Wow. So nine years. Nine years, yes. Yeah, 
It's almost a decade. And then there's two in 2013. And then the rest are... The rest have all been hired since 2017, since Scott Cross was named Coach of the Year. Wow. Arkansas State, Mike Bellotto in 2017. Richie Riley. Richie Riley at South, Chris Ogden at Texas Arlington, and Daryl Walker with Little Rock in 2018. Wow. And now, Scott Cross in 2019, whoever Georgia State picks and whoever Appalachian State picks. Yeah, App State, has, has, as of this recording, still has not picked a coach, if I'm if I'm correct. I mean... Uh, yeah, no, that's a lot of... I mean, it, it's a building league, but, you know, a lot of... A lot of uh, Seven teams. Yeah. Seven teams. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, but, anyway, you got one more thing before we... Well, wrapping up, you know, we, we talked about the girls' team... Uh, App State. We did have one last uh, men's men's team was in here. Uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, they kind of caught a little fire there too. Uh, won their first round game and then had the quarterfinal game. They took on Virg- West Virginia, and they were the first team in like 15 years, if I remember right, to put up a hundred points in West Virginia Stadium or arena. Wow. Bob Huggins doesn't allow 100-point games. Like, he is known for his press defense. Yeah, press Virginia. He doesn't allow that. And for them to put up, they went 50-59 and scored 109 points on them. Coastal, as somebody who's not exactly the happiest with West Virginia right now, Yeah, good on you. I like you. There was a little piece of me that was saying, didn't, didn't Cliff Ellis... Correct me if I'm wrong. We've got Alyssa Newton here. Mm-hmm. Didn't Cliff Ellis coach at South Alabama, or am I just completely wrong? No, I think I think that's right. I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure he taught or not taught. Just <laughs> at um South Alabama. He taught botany as well. <laughs> uh, well, while you guys are looking for that, uh, we'll we'll stick with Coastal Carolina. So they moved on to the semifinal. This is the yeah. Ro. This is the Roman Roman hmm. uh, CBI tournament. Um. They took on DePaul in the uh, semifinal, and unfortunately, as of this recording, they came up just short against DePaul, ninety-two to eighty-seven. So their season ends. They finished the season though five hundred seventeen and seventeen, not bad. Uh, so yeah, so good on for uh, for them. And shout out to Zach Cuthbertson. Uh, that guy, I tweeted out about him early in the season. I think he had ended up having a pretty solid. Pretty solid year, yeah. Eighteen and eighteen points, eight rebounds, two assists, forty-eight percent field goal percentage. Not bad, shooting almost fifty percent field goal percentage. So, uh, Coastal Carolina season ends, and that is going to do it for the men's basketball side as well. No surprise that they did so well, even at the level that they're at. Mm-hmm. Cliff Ellis, we're looking it up. Okay, nineteen seventy-five to nineteen eighty-four, he was the head coach at South Alabama. They won back-to-back-to-back conference championships in 79, 80, and 81 under Cliff Ellis. Then he went to Clemson and was the coach at Clemson for 10 years. He coached Clemson to its only ACC regular season first-place finish. Then, in 1994, he went to Auburn and led Auburn to its first SEC championship in 40 years. Then, in 2004, he retired. In 2007, he came back. To Coastal Carolina. So the man's been jumping wow. from Mo- Alabama to Ca- South Carolina. Yeah. Back and forth. Wow. He really likes it. I guess so. Yeah. He must like the beaches. Something something about the beaches. Uh, I Personally, Gulf Coast better than East Coast. I agree. In my words. Agreed. Um, so that, that about wraps it up for basketball. We still have, obviously have the challenge partaking. Right. 
and we'll be keeping up with the carousel because yes, good night. Yeah, we still got a couple of positions open um, in that. But we couldn't go along without saying something about Scott Cross because as Troy alums and Troy fans, I guess, mm-hmm. we're stunned yeah. that we got this guy oh, and yeah. we're excited. We've heard nothing but good things from the Texas. I've heard nothing but good things from Texas Arlington people on Twitter yeah. and Texas State people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so Good deal. Welcome to the family, Coach. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for him. It's a new era. Do, do you think he'll build the wall? Whew. They need some rebuilding on that wall. I think we're at like a fence right now. Uh, I see where you're going with this. Like a tiny, tiny You think fence. He, he'll make like a green monster? Something like that. I don't know. Like, because be, that'd be pretty hard to yeah. climb. It might be. This is where we get into baseball. Yep. We are getting into baseball. <laughs> uh, that was awful. <laughs> yeah. Bah. You know, just slide right into it. Uh, <laughs> we're into baseball. We uh, are. We talked about some teams are what? Slide. Yeah, slide right into it. Look, it's a baseball. We just reference. stole it. <gasps> <laughs> okay, I'm out. Bye. Uh, welcome, welcome to my world. We are. We're what three? Uh, we're about a month and a half into baseball season, and uh, we're getting into conference play already. Uh, two teams. Tell you what, East East side East Division, Coastal Carolina locked it up. Yep, they're five and one. George Southern's four and two, but yeah, George Southern's yeah. Look at that overall, like the the, the difference. <laughs> There's a difference. George Southern's thirteen and eleven, literally coastal point two one twenty one percentage points yeah. difference yeah. in the overall percentage. Yeah, coastal sitting at nineteen six and one. They are five and one in conference, uh, and uh, yeah, they're just they're still good. <laughs> but but <laughs> they're but, still but, good. But 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 but. Bye. They lost to Troy. They did. Well, they didn't lose the – okay. They, they lost a game. They, they didn't lose a series. That's the whole thing. That is that is a victory <sighs> for a conference team, okay? It is one victory for Troy. No, no, no. But, like, I'm saying as a conference as a whole, Troy, number one, they did what they hadn't done yet. Well, I mean, they had done it, but – They scored 10 runs in a game. They scored 10 runs in a game. It was something we said they needed to Which do. Which was incredible that they did it against – Coastal, of all teams, and they got a regular season win against a conference opponent, particularly the best conference team. They did, they did do that. So, uh, yeah, literally. Well, it was actually their second game that they scored ten runs. I they, know. I was, that's why I was saying like we. They, they played Maine early in the week and they won twelve to nothing. And but then they, it's Maine, and yeah. this, we got humidity down here. And you, and, and you want to know what this this game this series was a lot closer. I know Coastal won two out of out of three, but. It was they won on a walk. Okay, they won four to two first game, Friday night game, Saturday night game. They won nine to seven, but that was a walk off nine to seven win. Literally, they had a two run home run with two yeah. outs on two strikes to literally win that game. And then Troy wins the the final game, the getaway game, uh, ten to eight. That's I mean, and and the even, point differential. Even, that's they they won the whole series by two runs. Dude, I remember last year when we talked about this these two teams playing like last year and how like incredible of a series it was. Right. Like these are. I mean, Troy might not be what it was last year. They aren't. They aren't. They don't have the hitting like what they did last year. But this was a very competitive series between arguably easily the best team in the conference and Troy. So. Uh, but no, they get the they get the series win two to one. 
Um, on the East Division, they are leading. Uh, East, I, I mean, really feel like Troy is going to hit their stride at some point. They're they're not at 500 yet, but looking at the overall, they're a much better team than the next worst team, Georgia State. I feel like they're going to pull off a series win against Georgia State at some point. So there's a chance that this Troy team climbs. I think they're a lot better than they're re- they look well, right you, now. Oh, it's easy to say that because they literally played, in, so far in their two conference series, they've played the East Division leader and they've played the West Division leader. Yeah. They got swept by Arkansas State in the first series of the of the first conference series. Yeah. And then they had to go to, on the road and take on Coastal Carolina. That's pretty solid. So literally, and they came Coast- out of it with one win. So yeah. Yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. So literally, Ark State and Coastal Carolina combined five and one against Troy, and they're both five and one in conference. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Uh, no, uh, and that I kind of forgot leads- that they played Arkansas State. But you're right. Yeah. That leads us right into right into our right into our. Other side of the conference. Everything is knotted up up there. Arkansas yeah. State and the Texas teams. Yeah, Arkansas State, they're a lot. I've been following on Twitter some people that, that cover Ark State. There is a lot of excitement about Arkansas State right now. They might have the player of the year candidate on their team, and they're at 16-8. and eight. Literally, all I, I, I kind of went down the rabbit hole either today. I think it was it might have been yesterday. Uh, they're all, all the Arkansas State fans are kind of like – do we say anything or do we just kind of keep going with our business and our lives and we don't really freak out too much with how well our baseball team's going? So I don't even think the fans know really what to do right now with how well their, their team's playing. Let's um, go ahead and notch another win on that belt. They're 17-8 and eight, okay. um, because this for some reason the website didn't register their win against Southeast Missouri yet. Okay. And uh, it wasn't close. It was eleven to two. Oh wow! They okay, yeah. won it on the twenty. Well, that was in Cape Girardeau. That's like one of my favorite favorite places to uh, to stay. Sound. I was about to say that sounds like a fun place to stay. Yeah. Um, and they got a huge series coming up this weekend with Coastal Carolina. There we go. So we're going to see the, the rubber <laughs> is going to hit the road. We're going to see how these two teams line up against each other, mm-hmm. and for all we know. These could still be the two best teams in the conference mm-hmm. in May. Yeah, come come. There's a lot of games left, though. I will say that. Oh and yeah, those three yeah. teams. They're all We're sixteen only six and eight. games in. So yeah, they're sixteen and eight. Uh, Arkansas State and the two Texas teams coming in at sixteen and nine, and Texas State UTA are both four and two. So that the, with the West Division, I think that's how it was last year. The West Division was like a crapshoot, basically all throughout the year. Nobody could really get away from each other. Um, so no, I, it, that's going to be, that's good to see that we've already got three teams over there that are, that are at 16 wins through the first 25 games pretty much. Uh, and then obviously coastal, they're going to be a 35 win team. I'm predicting yeah. that right now. If we can get three teams to, to have 33 or more wins, we could very well have a, we could very well this year ha- again, have three teams going into the uh, NCAA tournament, the big tournament. So We had two last year, right? Uh, Coastal yeah, and I Troy. Don't, I don't, did South make it into no. a regional? South did not make it. Did they not make it into a regional last year? I'm I not think sure y'all did. they did. For South baseball? Alabama. Yeah, we did. You, you guys made it into a regional, I thought. You yeah, guys just had a bunch of... Remember, because there was so much talk about, because Erdman was on the... Um, 
They're talking, are we talking baseball? Yeah, we're talking yeah, baseball. Because you remember Erdman was on the committee. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we had, like, one of the last spots. And everybody uh, was like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. because Erdman was on the – and it's not because, you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had three last year. I'm pretty sure yeah, South Bay Yeah, we played in the Florida region. State, and I don't know who else was in there. Was Southern like, Miss and Alabama uh, State. Yep, yeah. yep. So, yeah, so hmm. we had three teams. I think we could very well get three teams again. Is If, if we have three teams that have more than 33 wins each – uh, I think that's a really good shot at getting three teams into the tournament. But that is a long way off from where we're at right now. Um, and uh, that's kind of a quick wrap-up for baseball. On to softball now. It is a much clearer picture. Uh, although App State, holy crap, App State. They literally haven't had a winning season in like the last like four years. I mean, they're averaging like 10 to 14 wins a year. They are not have historically not been good. Over hang on, hang on. That's 2016 for some reason. What in baseball? I was looking at 2016. I'm pretty thing. sure they won. No, they didn't. Coastal they didn't Carolina know. and Troy were the only two. Really? Two years ago? It was 2016. Hmm. Okay, I have no perception of time. Honestly. Neither do I. It's cool. Everything's. Is this what happens when you get old? Everything just starts yeah. running together. Yeah. That. That's. Welcome. Welcome Dang. to old. Welcome. Sorry, Welcome. South. Love y'all. Yeah, well, well, you know, I still think we have a pretty good chance at, at getting three this year. Last year we were we were pretty close. South was right. South was like preseason ranked last year, were they not? They just had a bunch of injuries, right? Oh yeah, last yeah. year was whenever we had like literally like six guys get hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so bullpen. over to softball now. Uh, ULL nine and zero. But before we talk about ULL, uh, we got to talk about App State because they are eight and one and have twenty one wins. Uh, let me show. Let me just go over how many wins app states had 2015 they had they were 14 and 35 2016 they were 11 and 45 2017 they were 14 and 34 and 2018 uh, they were 17 and if my thing stops messing up i can load it up for you and it's just totally defunct right now either way they haven't won 20 games in the last four years in an entire year so far in this season, they are twenty-one and eight. They are eight and one in conference. Literally, they almost have as many conference wins as they've ever had ever in a season in the past four years. So, App State, good on you. You're playing out of your minds right now, up there in in Boone, North Carolina. Uh, but ULL is the cream of the crop, the class of the conference right now. Uh, they they just they're running through teams. Uh, Although they had a weird loss to McNeese State on a weekday game, five to four in eleven innings, but they came into or Troy came to town and won nine one eight zero eight zero. They literally outscored Troy. Outscored Troy. Uh, that would be twenty five to one in three games, and then they had South Alabama, another the Bama team, come in and won eleven to seven, eleven to two in five innings. And fourteen to nothing in six innings, and that was down here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, they aren't having any trouble with anybody. They take on a Georgia Southern team that has five wins on the year. The I would venture to say they're probably going to have double. State digit. State has five wins on the year. Oh, what is Georgia Southern? Uh, fifteen. Oh, they're they're fifteen and sixteen. Fifteen and sixteen. Well, still, I I'm putting my money on ULL. They're I'm pretty sure they're nationally ranked inside like the top, probably mm-hmm. twenty. They're twenty six and four right now. Um, the good thing about the Sun Belt that I'm seeing right now is that we ha- already have four teams with 20 wins. Yep. Coastal 24 and nine, Troy 22 and 13, App State 21 and eight, 
and ULL with 26 wins. I was just looking at the Coastal Carolina schedule. They're four and five in conference. They're literally a game under 500 mm -hmm. in the conference. That's because they were swept by Troy, mm -hmm. and then they lost a series to Georgia Southern. Mm -hmm. That right there, that's five. The five games right there, they lost two to Georgia Southern and swept by Troy. I'm not surprised they were swept by Troy because Troy is one of the four teams with 22 wins. Mm -hmm. um, even though they're a game above 500. Georgia Southern's the one that kind of surprises me because they're a game under 500 for the overall record, and they're three and six in conference. They're three wins, two of them were against Coastal Carolina, mm -hmm. which is a 24-9 team. That's kind of interesting to me. It's kind of like Appalachian State beating South Alabama in the women's basketball. Yeah, how did that happen? Yeah, like that's exactly what this Very is looking confusing. like to me. But uh, you know, I think Coastal Carolina, obviously, they're the they have the be second best overall record. I feel like they're going to pull out of it. Um, they could very well be playing down the stretch for a spot mm -hmm. in the postseason. Yeah, Troy had a uh, game as we were recording this. They knocked out or knocked off North Alabama tonight, uh, two to nothing. And then they go literally. Troy's on a nine-game homestand here for the next. They get two series, and then they also play Alabama State midweek. And then they get Old South Alabama down here in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, so that'll be a fun, always a fun. You know, this is off topic. I saw a really cool video out of South Alabama this weekend that involved a Baldwin County Sheriff and who used to play for South. She was a softball player. Was She got to throw out the ceremony first pitch, but she was throwing to a girl that was literally, she's a future EMS uh, person. Like she's a, uh, I, forgot what, I forgot what they're called, like what the degree is called. Mm -hmm. But uh, but she has her already has her EMS certification. She's gonna be uh, EMT EMS or whatever it is, uh, first responder. So I'm like, man, that's really cool. How like they're already like got got some teamwork going. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty cool story. Oh uh, my gosh. I don't know if you saw it. They they uh, Baldwin County Sheriff's posted about it. And oh, I that's really cool. I have to look shot out a little tweet about them. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, that was that was something cool uh, that they had. Girl, you know, former softball player, so that was pretty sweet. I guarantee you she's looking that up right now, so she'll probably have it retweeted. She'll probably have it tweeted in sometime tonight. Very, um, very soon. I, I don't know if Baldwin County Sheriff's has a Twitter. It was on Facebook that they posted it. I think that's where I saw it because I saw the video. So I will find it. I, I, I she, venture she will. to say you will. She will. Uh, so, yeah, so that is the softball roundup. Uh, I fully expect ULL to be a 40-win team. Uh, this season Coastal mm. is definitely Going to hit 30 Coastal could get to 35 That would be good yeah. for them Troy We'd get to love 30. to see Troy To get, get to 30 And I, App State Surprise us Get to 30 What a hell of a, That would be a Heck of a season For App State uh, Let's see I want to see App State Be good on the Diamond period Yeah Because okay. Their basketball team Is kind of meh mm -hmm. Their football team Is obviously The best in the conference mm -hmm. Oh yeah so yeah. I'd love to see them be good in something else. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that's the wrap up for uh, Sunbelt Sports. Uh, anything else in the Sunbelt? Well, I wanted to talk about a little bit of Troy football because uh, Bill Connolly put out his uh, preview. Oh yeah, he's been putting out a bunch of them for the Sunbelt. You know, <laughs> he's not very big on South Alabama this year. <laughs> no, he's not. But I mean, I think he has like four teams in the Sunbelt outside the top one fifteen. Uh, yeah, if I'm not. If Something I'm like not that. Mistaken, I think he has like Georgia State, Texas State, South, and uh, Coastal all outside the top 115, which is. Eh. But I, I tweeted about this earlier this week, and I wanted to bring it up now because um, we're going to know what kind of coach Chip Lindsey is by the end of September, um, according to Bill Connolly, and I I put kind of, I put some faith in him. I, he's a numbers guy. Um, 
But he's looking at us having, excuse me, Troy having a 99% win probability against Campbell, fighting Camels. I mean, it's FCS, and this is a Troy team with talent that could probably run over the field without a coach, um, a run over Campbell. But the next three games, Troy has Southern Miss at home. They go to Akron, and Arkansas State at home. At Akron is an 86% win probability to him, but it's also on the road at Akron. Mm -hmm. Southern Miss and Arkansas State are both 59 and 57% win probability respectively. So it's pretty much a toss up. It is a toss up in both of those games. If Troy gets out of September 4 and 0, Chip Lindsay will have not lost this program will have not lost a step. If this program gets out of September 3 and 1, Troy will obviously be rebuilding but have some growing pains. Mm-hmm. If Troy gets out of September 2 and 2, that is one little red flag. Yeah, uh, it's so. not a little red flag. It's probably just a regular. If we don't beat Southern flag. Miss, that's uh, because I think, um, what was it? Two years ago, three years ago, we played Southern Miss. Sixteen, three 16, years. Yeah, and that was the measuring stick game, right? That Neil Brown coined it, right? And I think it might be a little flipped. I I, I think this might be a measuring stick game for. Southern Miss, even though we have a new coach. Right. You're I think absolutely this right. Is, I think they're going to come into Troy and they're going to say, this is a measuring state game. They're absolutely, you're absolutely so right. So we're going to get their best shot. I can tell you that. Yeah. So. And, I mean, Arkansas State's on a down year. Uh, the coaching staff is kind of meh. Um, I mean, they're losing had, a lot of starters. They have seven new coaches Yeah. <laughs> on that staff. Yeah. So it's it's not going to be easy to beat Arkansas State just because, I mean, come on, it's um, – But we get them at home. Anderson, exactly. So, So – Two and two, we should be a little worried. If we get out of there three and one, I think we'll be fine. But yeah, it was just an interesting, interesting information that I saw. I think it's very interesting it. that he's said that we are only supposed to win eight games over the last three years, and, and they won. we only have two win probabilities beneath fifty percent yeah. the entire year. Yep. And that's our uh, Missouri. Missouri and App State. Yep. So and we get App State at home this year, correct? Yes. Yep. Uh, no, I, I, I it. It's an interesting read. I will say that it he, is. He he does delve into some of the players um, that are coming in. Some of the players that left. We still haven't had any word on Marcus Jones or John Folsom. No, where they're going? If nope. they're going, John Folsom is out. I will say that. Yeah, we he, we are not sure on Marcus Jones right now. Marcus Jones, if you're li- if you're listening, just give us a call. You can give us the rundown. Yeah, for real. We'd we'd love uh, to have you on. We'd yeah. love to talk about we'd, it. We. You know, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. You know, we'll be professional. We'll be on the up and down about it. Um, we like you. Yeah, anytime. Um, no, I mean it's spring. Yeah, everybody's getting in spring. Everybody's getting in the spring practices. Mm-hmm. I will say that South's in, Arc State's in, Georgia Southern. I think is done. Uh, Troy's in the middle of there. So uh, we're we're it's that time of year where everyone is just like, yep, we're gonna go undefeated next year, just by seeing what's on the field right now. I don't know what anything else is going on with any other team. Our team looks amazing. And that's all we're going to get out of media until probably July when we all get together in New Orleans. Yep. But. Yep. So, uh, other football news, right? Yeah, let's go ahead. Are we good to jump into this? Let's go ahead, yeah. (sighs) 
we are really big fans of the AF. Yeah. And this week, particularly for some Troy and South Alabama guys, uh, it was a hell of a week. Uh, one, last week, the AF made kind of some splash with uh, Memphis signing Johnny, Johnny Football, Football, of all people, uh, out of the Canadian... Well, he didn't come out of the Canadian League. The Canadian League kicked him out. Uh, and so Memphis swiped him up. And all week long, they're pushing him. They had Johnny Football t-shirts that you could buy. If you spent $90 in memorabilia, uh, you got a Johnny Menzel uh, jersey that was a Memphis Express. I mean, they were pushing everything for him. And you just wondered, why are they pushing this guy so hard? I mean, yeah, we get it. It's Johnny Menzel. But Johnny Menzel is about three years too too old. And people, it's it's kind of like a... If he is three years too old, how old, how much old too old is Jonathan Massaquah? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the the ty- like him. him oh, him as a the brand. newsworthiness Fair of enough. him Fair is enough. three years too old. Fair enough. That's what I'm saying. Fair enough. And it's kind of like a car accident where you don't want to look, but you're like, you know what? Let's see, like you know what happens. Here. And that was the whole point. Yeah. So, and I mean, I would say that it worked. Well, it it. It did to an extent. And it didn't work the way they wanted it to. No, it didn't. It did not work the way they <laughs> wanted to. Because the hero of that game was not Johnny Manziel. You want to know who the hero of that game was? He was a, a friend of the show, actually. No, uh, we'll get to him. Okay. The hero of that game was the head football coach with the Memphis Express. Because? If he if it's any other coach, I think he bows down. But Mike Singletary ain't going to bow down to oh, anybody. Oh, I forgot he was the coach at Memphis. Yeah. Mike yeah. Singletary ain't bowing down to this is, anybody. This is it's the same guy especially, who was fired for standing up to Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Mike Singletary ain't bowing down to anybody in this league. No. It's it's head ball coach and it's Mike Singletary. And then it's everybody else in coaching. I don't I don't even care who the coaches are. Those two guys, best minds in the league, no doubt. And that guy legit said uh no, Brandon Silvers is going to be our starter. He's been here for oh I don't know since what January. I'm not going to bring a guy in on one week's worth of practices and he's not about to get the ball in his hands. Like I'm not no, he's not getting the start not. And so literally the entire week he's trying to put out fire because you got media. Oh my God, Johnny's here, Johnny's here, Johnny's here. Blah 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 blah. Mike's like no, it's Brandon Silvers, it's Brandon Silvers. And what do you know? Mike Singletary knows a little bit about football. And look at how Brandon so especially he saw what Brandon did last week, where he went what uh, twenty eight of thirty five for two hundred and sixty yards. He said, "Yeah, that's a quarterback right there." When Christian Hackenberg couldn't throw it past the flight of scrimmage, and Zach Mettenberger wasn't too better, wasn't too much better. So he's like, "Yeah, I got a quarterback that's actually working right now. Why am I going to place a guy with one week of practice with one week of practice in here?" Like, no. And the media tried to blitz him on it, and and you want to know what? He ended up coming out the smarter guy, surprisingly. So Brandon Silvers gets the start. It's a friend obviously. of the show. Yes, friend of the show. He has been on our show. Yes. Uh, not Mike Singletary, but Mike. I mean, if you're, I mean, man, if, if you're listening, if you want to come on, we'll talk Brandon Silvers with you. Bring it. Uh, um, no, Brandon gets the start. Pretty sure his first or second drive, he goes eight of eight. <laughs> yeah, for and a touchdown. He, you they, said you said Mike Singletary is the hero of the game, but if you're looking at the stats, oh no, he was Brandon Silver's was the hero well, of the game. Yeah, he literally. Okay, so 
I think this is what I think. The original game plan for this game was Brandon Silvers is the starting quarterback. They will play Brandon Silvers for the majority of the game. But Mike Singletary knows how to sprinkle in a little bit of a little bit of right. dust on top, and that is Johnny Manziel. And that's exactly what they did. But the problem is, is that the Memphis fans, as Johnny Manziel entered the game, they're like, "Oh, oh my God, he's the starter now!" Like just like that, he's a hero. And they're all freaking out. Everybody's screaming. He does okay. He went like four for six for about 60-something yards and had like a 20-yard run. Not bad. I mean, that. but that's what and, – and there's a game plan for that. They they probably had four or five set plays for him that said, okay. And one of them literally was an option. It was an option read. You either hand it off to the running back or you run. And, oh, do we does, – does Johnny Manziel know, know how to run? I oh, yeah. So. He Just still knows bit. how to do that. Yeah. So he did that, and, of course, everybody's freaking out, losing their minds. And but the problem is he's not scoring, like he's he's leading drives that aren't leading to points, and when you're sitting at one in five, and in this league, that if they lose that game, they're out of the playoff hunt. They have they literally have to win out to get into the playoffs in this league. So Singletary's trying to win a ball game here. That's his job. That's literally his job. He's getting paid to do that. Yeah. And so the media, the play-by-play guys are all just drooling over Johnny Menzel pretty much the entire time. And they're down like probably two scores, and in comes Brandon Silvers. Everyone booed him when he came back in. And they literally asked Brandon, like, have you ever been booed in your home stadium before? He goes, nope, never have. Been booed on away games. Not, oh, my, home, yeah. not my home stadium. We know about that, don't we? Oh, yeah. South Alabama fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got a thumbs up from booed, us. Booed in away stadiums, never booed in his home stadium. And Brandon Silvers did what Brandon Silvers, what me and you have seen Brandon Silvers do for the past four years. Yeah. Is. Well, three. I wouldn't the count guy, I 14, mean, we, we gave him a lot of crap. But, we did. But, you know, you don't remember him losing ball games for us very often. It wasn't his fault. No. I don't think it was ever his fault. Like, the very few games, with the exception of maybe that Idaho game, maybe. Yeah. But that was still his, like, sophomore year. That was Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Other than that, you don't. I don't remember Brandon Silver's fourteen and fifteen. We'll give him a pass. because oh, yeah. it was meh. yeah. But sixteen and seventeen uh, under Neil Brown, Mr. Clutch. He was Mr. Clutch. Yeah. Uh. So um, he comes in, leads a drive, uh, gets him to within five points. They got they score about four minutes to go in the game. Then he gets the ball again with about two minutes to go in the game, leads him down the field again, ties the ball game up. They have to get a two point conversion to tie the game. Does that, and then in, in overtime, Birmingham Iron they don't get any points. He comes in, goes three plays, and what I love the most, and is how bad the announcers wanted Johnny Menzel to be on that field, and Mike Singletary knew exactly what needed to be done, and it's not like he, he didn't run the ball in overtime. Three plays were three quick passes, and he knew exactly like that means he has confidence in what Silvers was doing. He knew Silvers had confidence in himself, and he was playing to that. And these announcers just didn't freaking get it at all. I mean, they just and, – and, and, and I'm trying to lead into what we're about to get into with the AAF was they just – they wanted so bad for Johnny to, to do that because I believe it was a publicity stunt. That's what I think this whole deal is. I hate saying that about Johnny Menzel. Like, I wish his career, like, this is all about the second chance league. There was a pretty good clip of him and Trent Richardson standing together, and they both said, you know, we're going to get back to the NFL. Like, we're, we're on our way back. 
Like both of them together were talking. It was pretty cool. But this whole deal was a publicity stunt. That's all it was. And Mike Singletary did not bow down to that. And that's what I love the most about it is that he's not. He is there to win ball games no matter what is happening without the with, between the league. So Brandon Silvers though leads him, gets a incredible. I mean, I think he goes like twenty, you know, twenty six of thirty or something like that for two hundred sixty yards, two touchdowns. Uh, has an unbelievable night, and I mean, they're just they're still trying to get Menzel. But the only cool thing I did see about Johnny was that when Silvers did throw the touchdown pass to win it in the game, Johnny Menzel is sprinting on the field straight up to Brandon Silvers. I wish I wish we were gonna be like, hey, what do you think about Johnny Menzel? Like back when we talked to him, like I would, I I'm really hoping we can get him back on the show because I would love, I'd love to to hear what he has to say about Johnny Menzel because we don't see everything that Johnny no. does. I mean, we've no, seen the stuff that happens on social media, but I would love to see what it's like to be a teammate of Johnny Menzel. And that and that kind of thing, I like that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, because number one, it gives me hope that. He's actually a really cool dude in real life. Yeah. I like to hear that these. I would like to hear that Johnny Menzel is actually a good guy. He's actually a nice guy. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, in Alabama, we know all too well about the Crimson Tide. Hmm. Uh, when Tua took over for, I can't even remember the guy who's. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was happy for him. Mm-hmm. When, when you're that committed to a team, when you're that committed to the team's atmosphere and, and winning well, as a team. That's a good sign to me. I, I like that. Even that, I think it's. I mean, Jalen Hurts was invested in that team for for two years. Oh, for sure. I mean, you saw that, but for to see that already out of Johnny Menzel, and he's only been there for a week. Right. That was something good to see. I will say that. Right. Like that. And there was a lot of people that commented on that. That saw that 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 shot of him celebrating just as hard with Silvers. Um. So no, that that was uh that was good to see. Um. But I'm back to the. Let's get to the meat of this story. Uh, which is the fact that the AAF is having problems right now, and I think that's what this all was. I think they, this I'm not I I hope this wasn't a last a last ditch effort and to get some sort of viewership into this league, mm-hmm. but it sure seems like a cry for help. Um, there's a an article that actually came out today. Um, headline ESPN wrote it. Uh, headline AAF in jeopardy of folding says majority owner and i'm gonna it's a quick article uh the majority owner of the alliance of american football told usa today sports excuse me it was usa today sports surprise espn just steals things uh that the league is in danger of folding without help from the national football league players association that is the nflpa uh, tom dunnan who became the AFF's chairman last month basically told uh usa today in a recent interview that the nflpa is not cooperating with the aaf so what he's trying to do it, they they're not allowing the AF to allow first year league players out of the NFL to play in the AF because they're the, their whole thing was they're trying to be a developmental league. That's what they're trying to be. They aren't trying to infringe on the NFL. They never they don't want to compete with the NFL. They want to basically be the G League of the NFL. That is their goal. And the NFL being what the NFL is, and that is a uh, basically a monopoly on Sundays they don't want any competition on Sundays they don't and I think that's a part of it and well allow me to play DA for a second here take that as you will okay 
the USA Today report, I've got it in front of me, and I'm mm-hmm. literally reading from their article. It says the person, uh, the, the players union official who said um, he expressed serious concerns about the risk of lending NFL players to the AAF. And that was what I was, yeah. He said the, they're fa- the players union is founded on the belief that using active NFL players, let, allowing them to play for the AAF, would violate the terms of the agreements yep. and uh, the, the restrictions that prevent teams from holding mandatory workouts and practices throughout the offseason. Mm-hmm. It's designed to ensure the safety and adequate rest and recovery time mm-hmm. for football players. Yes. So, I mean, he's saying, well, somebody died to put this rule in place, basically. Yep. M- might not actually have happened, but might have. Point is, it's a legal area, and there's a reason that law is in place, but I'm, I don't think that they want to necessarily go through the red tape of allowing it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I understand that, and the AAF still has some problems with uh, some insurance being able to cover players. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Orlando Apollos are still having that problem with having to practice in a different state because of they can't find an insurance company to cover them. Uh, but like, so, so I'm reading here, it's saying that unsigned NFL players, including practice squad players. Are free to join AF at any time, but the AF would need the NFLPA's cooperation to acquire a practice squad player who is currently signed to a futures contract with an NFL team. So, um, Dundon, Tom Dundon, who also owns the NHL's Carolina Hurricanes, made a $250 million investment in the AF, the AAF last month after the league reported he was in danger of making payroll. Um, he even he went on to say, uh, basically. Um, if the players' union is not going to give us young players, we can't be a developmental league. Uh, we are looking at our options, one of which is discontinuing the league. So, right. And, uh, and he said uh, he expects to make a decision about the league's future over the next two days. So, Well, that's I think that's a really sh- – he shouldn't have said two days. He should have said in the near future. That would have I given mean, him a lot of leeway out. But It would have, but that means that this guy is really weighing or not uh, how much do I really want to invest in this. Because I mean, he's probably losing millions of dollars by the day. Like I, I, that's probably where we're at. That's probably why it is. This, it is this, him saying two days because he's definitely losing money on this. So, <sighs> I, I think putting such a handle like saying two days is, is bad language for him. Mm-hmm. But I can't even remember where I was going with this. It's it it the 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 light is fading. I think on the AAF, and they're gonna need a miracle here. Okay, it's it's like a skyscraper. It's like a theme park. You build this, it's gonna cost a lot of money to mm-hmm. get it up and running, and to keep it running. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in order to keep it running, you've got to have people coming in and out of the building. Mm-hmm. renting spaces and buying coming to see the attractions mm-hmm. but you also got to keep the attractions going you've got to change the attractions year in and year out to keep people interested yeah. and you he's looking for ways to do that johnny manzel was a way to do that without a, without breaching the nflpa mm-hmm. but he's still trying to get that deal done with the nflpa yeah it's going to cost my point is short <laughs> theme parks and and skyscrapers are not short term. Oh no, short term investments. No, it's a long term investment. Yeah, but you got to have AAF, deep pockets, though. You do, and the AAF has got to be a long term investment if you really want to do it upright. You can't just expect it to make money like that. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason the NFL is so popular is that 
it has staying power. It's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's why when it adds a team and those fans immediately hop on board, those fans immediately, like that program, that company sees an immediate uh, profit. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like Jurassic Park, right? That's Same a good, thing. That's a good, yeah, sure. Except most rides don't eat you. Right. That kind of thing. Jonathan yeah. Masquat will eat you. Pretty much. He'll he'll eat Brandon Silver. He'll eat a tr another Trojan for yeah. dinner. You were really wanting to talk about Masquat, weren't you? I like Jonathan Masquat. <laughs> well, it's because he played for the Falcons. Shocker. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm bummed that he didn't work out. I'm bummed that he was he was a bust in the NFL. Yeah. But I'm glad that he's got a act a career beyond the NFL. Yeah. So I mean, this is the second chance league. That's he's, what. He's my favorite um, association football uh, alliance football player. But Brandon Silvers is coming close, yeah. especially after those heroics. Yeah. So. No, uh so we'll see what happens here with the uh the AAF over We'll the see how that plays out. The next 48 hours we might have a big update for you guys next uh in the next episode probably. We might. So, we might have a big update for you on basketball. We might have a big update on you for baseball. I've got a big update though. Uh-oh. Tonight. What? Breaking news. Oh boy. Right now. Our very own Alyssa Newton just got a new job. She did. I want to say congratulations, Alyssa Newton. Thank you. Alyssa Paul. Newton has been a coworker of mine for what, like a year now? Probably a year and a half. Like year maybe two, half, years. two years. Yeah, yeah, you've been with us for two years. Mm -hmm. She started on the desk and then yeah. she made her way as a photographer. Uh, she obviously did photography in college and then she made her way onto the TV side, which is a grind. <laughs> it's a grind, and she grinded it out. She's still going to grind it out, but she's leaving the NBC station uh, that we work for, mm -hmm. and she's going to another spot. I don't know if you're ready to announce that, so I won't do it yet. Um, so, But, no, she's got some a pretty bright future. She's done great. She's learned a lot, and she's going to do great at her new place. But, obviously, we here at the Bench Boys – are very congratulatory. She will still be making appearances, hopefully. Oh, for sure. So I'll be here. She bothering y'all all the time. Well, maybe not all the time, but she will still be making appearances. So I that deserves because you're moving up, and that's that's the best thing. So. Thank you, Colin. Yes, that's the bomb. I do want to give one shout out before y'all wrap it up, though. Okay. So Coach Fowler, like he's had Ooh, a really yeah. really good year. Oh. And you know, whenever he hit that 25th win, not even within 24 hours, he also got another title. Um, as granddaddy, he had a little, little, um, grandkid. I can't remember, um, if it's boy or girl, I'll have to look coach. I think it is, huh? I think it's, daughter. I think it is a girl, which, um, he has daughters. So I know he's used to having, um, girls around. So congrats coach. So happy for you, but wanted to give a shout out because he's had a really special year, um, both on and off the court. Yeah. Granddaughter. Granddaughter. Okay. Yes. First time. I didn't want to. I yeah, it's the very first grandkid he's had. I just didn't want to be wrong on. She's going to be the 2037 point guard of yeah. the South Alabama Jags because Terry's still going to be there by then. Probably. Uh, no, still so a bunch of congratulatories going on um, for this episode. So, no, good good end. Um, you got anything else, buddy? No, I think I'm good. Go ahead. No, well, if, uh, if you're wanting to learn anything more about us and our great adventures and our work lives and bench boys – uh, you can follow me at Colin Kale 13 I'm at Thomas Gleaton. And you can find Alyssa at, at Alyssa Newton. Alyssa K. Newton. Alyssa K. Newton. Jeez. K. K. Uh, K. Alyssa K. Newton. We're on everywhere there's a podcast to be found. Dude, subscribe. 
Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, wherever. You can, if you can go on your Roku on iHeart, search the Bench Boys, and we come up. You can you can get Alexa. You can ask your Alexa device, hey, Alexa, play the Bench Boys podcast for me. Oh, and God. she'll be like, right away, sir. And she'll play it for you. Yeah. So, you have no reason not to follow us. We're also on Facebook. So hit that subscribe button. If you want to send us some money on Anchor, you can subscribe. It keeps the podcast going and keeps our bellies fed. Other than that, just come on back. Let's kill the AAF.